episode 12, Sons of the Hunt podcast. We're live right now. We've got six viewers, so thanks for tuning in. Absolutely. We're, we're just going to hang out, have a couple of beers. Uh, we have a few things to talk about. I've got We've got a couple questions that were posed to us. I had to get rid of that beer. Can't be uh, get, starting out warm. Yeah, get rid of yeah, that. Rocco said there's some static noise coming through. It might be... Um, Sometimes the Wi-Fi on the phones will click into it. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's it. How's that? See if that gets any better. A little less central air? Yeah. Good deal. What episode is this now? 12, 12 right? right? Yeah, We're buddy. on 12. Dig it. But, uh, yeah, everything's been going pretty well. We've got a good response on um, the couple installments of two that we've had. Um, okay, I was just checking the checking the comments because uh, we are live right now. This is being recorded live, so if you're just listening to the podcast at some point, you can know that sometimes we do do it live, and you can tune in there. Um, yeah, like I said, everything's been going well. Good positive response from two. We've been getting a ton of views on it. Absolutely, so, there was like what averaging about a thousand views a day on that, which is huge. Yeah, and it so had. Thank you, everybody. If you checked it out, thank you very much. Yeah, it had uh, had something like twenty-seven or twenty-eight shares too. That's so, awesome. Yeah, we appreciate that. Definitely, every uh, everything helps. Um. So uh, yeah, we'll just start this off pretty casual. Um. What what is this we have here? Oh yeah, the beer we're drinking tonight. I uh, went on a little beer run today. Got a little carried away. I ended up spending like I don't know, it's like eighty some dollars <laughs> on beer. But uh, yeah, we have we're drinking a double Daisy Cutter, double Pale Ale by Half Acre Brewing it Company. Good. It's uh, we just finished up on a Stone, a Tangerine Express IPA, which I really liked. That was mm-hmm. pretty cool. It's the first time I've ever had that. I've seen it before, but I've never had it. Yeah. Tangerine Express, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, this is something different. But uh, I just had a sip of this, and this is delicious. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. We have uh, Timothy Warnock checking in. Thanks, Timothy. What's up, Tim? How we doing? Holy smokes, that was cold. Yeah, I... I don't think it can get much colder without freezing. I got it. Uh, it was warm on the shelf. Okay. So I threw it in the freezer from like 4 till I just took it out. Till now, yeah. So, yeah, that's good yeah. stuff, man. Yeah. Good deal. Um, yeah, double daisy cutter. Pretty good. So far. Let <laughs> that back out. Yeah, it's still... We still got some static coming through. It might I be octane. the, uh, the <laughs> Wi-Fi clicking with the uh sometimes when you plug a microphone an external mic into a cell phone if it's searching for a signal you'll get static oh. that might be what's causing it i'm not going to be able to turn off you can't wi-fi. turn off the wi-fi or no. you can't you can't uh, live stream so we'll see right. if we can r- remedy that for uh for next time hopefully it's tolerable um for you guys i uh, appreciate everybody checking in yeah but uh you guys from poke and hope are Drinking bush light. Nothing wrong oh, with that. Sweet. Nothing wrong with, with a couple of shrub lights. But, uh, yeah. Um, Something we, to be said for that for sure. There are a few things we could uh, we could start with. Uh, we did have a question um, from one of the guys at Poke and Hope, speaking of, Stephen Branning. I was uh, texting with him today a little bit, 
and his question was it's it's on my phone but if i could remember it it was along the lines of he had he hunts two different properties both have acorns and oaks and he's planting turnips on both of them one property has a lot of has a good nut crop the other one not so much so his question was pretty much along the lines of will the deer shy away from the turnips if there is a better nut crop yeah yeah. and we 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 talked about a little bit all right so We'll, we'll just explain that. We've got the puppy and Aldo yeah, fighting over a bone right now. but uh, So that's going to happen from time to time. A little bit. Because that's what they do. But uh, anyway, back to uh, the question. Uh, if the deer, I, I mean, this is what I, my experience with turnips is that they usually don't really bother with the actual roots until a good frost. That's it. And a lot of times that doesn't happen until later in October or the beginning of November. So if there are acorns, early season I'd hunt around the acorns. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because eventually the, the cool thing about that scenario is you have the acorns for the early season. You know they're going to be there. They're going to get cleaned up, whether the squirrels, the deer, you know, they're going to they're gonna clean them up pretty good. So once that first frost or that those cooler temperatures roll in, you're going to see a decrease in the hard mass with those uh, with those acorns, but you're going to see an increase in the palatability of the the, the, the stuff you're planting those right. the, those plots. So it kind of makes a perfect transition to go from the acorns, uh, you know, to your plot. So you're going to have good food all season. Yeah. So that's actually not a bad gig right there. Yeah, that's a that's a, a good place to be. Um, and as far as the the place with that's lacking a nut crop this year, they they'll still hammer the tops of turnips. Oh yeah, in the early yeah, season. Yeah, I love the. Hey yeah. Jim Hardy, what's up, buddy? How are you, Jim Hardy from Martriatics three sixty five. Nice. He's on there. Good group. Good guy. He uh he gave away my my surprise oh, on my post the other day. <laughs> it wasn't much of a surprise. I think most people. There's been a lot of leakage out there, you know. Yeah, most people little... kind of knew what I was leaning to mm-hmm. anyway. Speaking of, that's uh, new toys are always fun. Yeah. New toys are always Which, fun. Which uh, I guess we can move into that right now. Um, yeah, sure. We've got some uh, peanut gallery action happening down here. Yeah, this is the most vocal they've been all day, obviously. Uh-huh. But I'm just going to grab this thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't, I can't keep my hands off of it. New toys for uh, big boys, as they say. So. Yeah, hello, beautiful. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Get out the way. Finish cleaning the dishes. What I've got here, this is the Elite Archery, the Ritual. Yeah. This is our flagship bow this year. And uh, this model is in uh, OD green, outdoors green. And uh, I could talk about some of the accessories I went with. It doesn't have a sight on it right now. We had a little mishap with the sight. Uh, I got sent a single pin, and what I'm putting on this bow it's going to be the CBE, the Tech Hybrid 3. Yeah. So it's a three-pin. So you've got two fixed pins and then a roving yep. or roaming third pin. Third yep. pin. Yeah, so it's kind of cool like option. the best of both worlds. I was never a, a single-pin guy. 
I, it just didn't make sense to me in a hunting situation. And yeah, we, I, we talked a little bit about that. That's it. Earlier. I had a single pin for a while, but I was using that more for shooting 3D and, and messing around for that kind of style because you, you're usually shooting at a known yardage, and uh, it can be helpful there. But uh, that, that's just – I mean, I told you when, earlier in the year I went down to the Harrisburg – uh, farm complex to the sportsman show and shot that bow and I had to check with the guy twice to make sure it was actually a 70 pound bow I could not believe how easily that drew at 70 pounds uh, and it's, it's just let me shoot it out in the yard here a few minutes ago and uh, yeah yeah it's dead nuts man I'm this this bow is I'm I impressed mean, with it I you you've heard me gushing over it in the le- since I got it I just mm-hmm. I can't say enough about this yet and I know it's early but I mean, it is just, there There are just so many positives to this, but I haven't found a negative yet. So, I mean, it's still early, but as a lot of people know, I was shooting an Expedition Eccentric. Yeah. And that bow, when, when I bought that bow, my mindset was I wanted speed. Yeah. It was all about speed, which that bow definitely delivered. You know, that was, it's still one of the fastest bows on the market. But... You know, the more I shot, the more different things became important to me, and the draw cycle on this bow absolutely trumps the expeditions. Sure. I, I mean, mean I, I, I shoot the, the Hoyt Spider tarp Turbo, and uh, it's way better than the Hoyt. I mean, you know, those those faster cams, you're going to get – it's kind of trying to find that happy medium. You know what I mean? With a faster right. cam, you're going to get that, that high-end speed, but you're going to kind of give up a little bit of feel on that. Uh, but the wall on that is impressive. I mean, everything about it. I'm pretty. I'm pretty impressed with it. For uh, and the the cool thing about uh, Elite with that bow is they kind of got themselves right back into the, the affordable market. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at some of these flagship bows from some of the bigger companies, the Hoyts, the Matthews. You know, the the Bowtex. They're pricing themselves right out of the blue collar market. Yeah. So uh, by keeping keeping a bow, I mean, still, it's not a, not an inexpensive bow by any means, but it's definitely much more reasonable than. Uh, than yeah, you know, I mean, you're looking what we're at, seeing out there for flagship bows. Yeah, you're looking at, a little outrageous. At the Triax, I think is starting at like fourteen hundred. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, which is insane. Yeah, that's some a of the Redworks bow. bows are. I mean, that just. And there's no doubt that the amount of engineering that's going into these new bows is is just tremendous. But you know, again, you know, I'm a blue collar guy. You're a blue collar guy. You know what I mean, a lot of yeah. these guys out there, you know, they can't buy a brand new bow every year and drop, right. you know, anywhere from twelve to fifteen hundred dollars on a new bow. So, you know, I think Elite really did something right um, with with the ritual and, and keeping yeah. that right in the wheelhouse for a lot of guys. But even some of the other uh, elites that they have out uh, was the one they have that's. Uh, the, the name it was more like a military based yeah, recruit or something like the that. Or I can't. I, I apologize sure. if I'm if I'm saying that wrong. But they have some lower end bows that are actually really, really sweet bows. I checked them out at the like I said at the farm show. Right. Um, there wasn't a. I couldn't get close to some of the other bow makers. I mean, there right, was a, yeah. quite a crowd around them. Um, but I went on a weekend, so you kind of have to expect that with uh, the farm show. It's a, you know the biggest biggest outdoor show in the in the world and it's right here in pa so when you get down there it's tough sometimes to uh to get close to what you want to see especially on a weekend yeah uh, absolutely it's like nathaniel hatton yeah yeah he's he's, uh kind of a little compliment on there speaking of nate um he's responsible for what still it it just blows my mind we were talking about this before nate is nate set up this bow for me and we did this all 
remotely through the yeah. internet. Yeah, I got to give you props, Nate, because uh, I worked in a pro shop all through college, and uh, you know, we had Mark and I had a discussion a couple weeks ago about whether or not I would be comfortable setting a bow up for somebody off-site, and I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd rather have the person right in front of me, but yeah, he did a hell of a job setting that up for him, uh, you know, sight unseen, really, with, with Mark. I mean, just taking some measurements and, and putting it together. That's uh, it's something that, um, I mean, I, have, I haven't been in a pro shop in, in that capacity in probably 15 years, but it's still, you know, a lot of the basics, the 101 type stuff is still yeah. the same, and... Uh, yeah, to set that up as well as you did, and that's. that's I mean, uh, it, it, it's unbelievable. I gave him uh, my draw length, uh, the peep distance, and that was pretty much about it. From there, yeah. you know, he went with it. Uh, they're they're knocking our our camera around. Oh jeez. But uh, yeah, they're. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the the, the, the dogs boys are, are wrestling. Dogs are a handful tonight, but <laughs> Nate works for. A shop, I believe it's uh, in. Is it Chillicothe, Ohio? Is that how you pronounce it? I'm not sure. No, I'm, to be I, honest with you, I'm it's in go Ohio. The shop name is Daddy Outdoors, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just gave him the the draw length, the the peep distance, and uh, the bow fits me like yeah. a glove. It is That's absolutely great. flawless. He he tuned it for me, paper tuned it for me, sent me the and sent me the you know the shots of the paper tuning and it was the thing is just firing flat lines it's unbelievable well there you go man no pressure this year so (laughs) yeah no no pressure at all on top of that bridget also got a ritual yep so now i got i got a peek at that one too (laughs) so now this is somebody who never shot a bow before i took her measurements did the same thing nate nailed that as well i mean draw length is perfect peep height is perfect she she's right on so i mean this is uh i don't know it's 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 a new age i would say for pro shops yeah i guess if if they can nail that down that just opens up a whole new market sure it's just it's unbelievable i i'm truly blown away at how this turned out honestly yeah, that's great, man. I, I, I'm impressed with it as well. Because like I said, I, I can't help when I see uh, – there's a couple of people I follow on social media, on YouTube and stuff like that, like the Hushin guys. Uh, they always – every year they get a new Hoyt and they do the whole setup video. I, I can't help but watch that stuff. Because yeah. having a background and working in a pro shop, you, keep, you, know, you get a kick out of that kind of stuff. You know what right. I mean? So, uh, yeah, that's pretty sweet that he was able to knock that out of the park like that, um, sight unseen. So uh, yeah. that's impressive. Yeah, I mean – I, I honestly can't say enough about the bow yet. I always said that if I wasn't shooting an expedition, when I had an expedition, yeah. that I would shoot an elite. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was I was right about that. I'll just yeah. I'll just say that because yeah. I mean the bow is just it's unbelievable. So my expedition was maxed out at 65 pounds, and this bow is easier to draw, smoother to draw, at 70 pounds. Yeah. It's. Yeah, that was the thing I was most impressed about uh, with it when I, I shot down at, in Harrisburg, the uh, the draw cycle, and I was like, wow, yeah, I was impressed with it. So you know, and I shoot like I said the Hoyt Turbo, so that's you know, that's got to beat hands down for draw cycle and for back wall. Yeah. So uh, I love my Hoyt. Don't get me wrong, I shoot that thing as much as humanly possible. Um, right now I'm on a break with it. I got to dial in a, a couple different things. I had to change out some of the accessories. 
but you know we're getting back on track with it and i just i love shooting it but you know that you definitely have to make a bit of a compromise yeah. with those high-end cams and i want to say high-end those faster cams you know right. trying trying to let down after you've been come to full draw for a few minutes trying to let down on one of those bows man it can be a bit of a challenge yeah. they want yeah. to run on you um yep. but yeah dude it's uh it's a pretty sweet bow man i'm i'm excited for you see how it plays out for you this year yeah i could talk about uh some of the accessories that i decided to go with uh i've got on bridget's bow i stuck with trophy ridge yeah pretty much trophy ridge stuff they, it's always been good to me i've never had a failure on any of their equipment so always been a big fan myself yeah i, th- I set her up with the i think it was a three pin cipher is the site um yeah. it's just a, a standard three pin site just a, a beginner uh i put the uh I don't know, the Trophy Ridge uh, stabilizer on her bow. Sure. And uh, she's actually going to shoot the QAD drop-away rest. Okay. I'm not sure which one it is, but it's a pretty sweet little rest. Yeah. Yeah, um, I almost went that route myself. I'm running a, a Whisker Biscuit now because I wanted to give it another try. I shot Whisker Biscuit back when Carolina Archery Products invented the Whisker yeah. Biscuit, you know, before they got bought out by Trophy right. Ridge. Um, you know, but there was no opening in it you had to feed it through you know it was the original whisker biscuit um, and i loved it but uh so now i'm back to it i had a, an issue with the fall away rest that was kind of failing on me so i wanted to change it up and went to the whisker biscuit so the qad was next on my list uh to see yeah. if it was gonna if it was gonna work out so so far i'm, I'm still digging the whisker biscuit I'm, I'm having an issue with my site now it's just always something yeah i'm just hard on my stuff though i'm hard on my equipment no question yep. so now i'm trying to uh, get that dialed in and uh you know we'll see hopefully i'm back to shooting again in uh, a couple of days here and uh, getting that dialed in because the season as of today is only six weeks away man <laughs> it's crazy yeah, yeah. and it's it crazy. seems like i've got something going on every weekend until then oh i know i know i'm like trying to figure out when i'm going to be able to squeeze in uh hang in some stands hang and, a tree uh, stand or, yep. or i didn't get my my food plots planted they're dead yeah they're sprayed they just need to be burned and tilled yep I don't know. Well, the rain we've been having, uh, those those of you who are Stupid. from the Northeast PA region, man, oh, man, we're, we've been getting crushed, crushed with, with rain lately, man. Uh, mm-hmm. Flooding, it's been pretty brutal. So, And it was raining. I was coming on my way up here to you tonight, and we were just getting hammered. I mean, I drove right through a sheet of water. It was crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it hasn't been easy in that regard. Um, you know, right. a lot of the natural food is growing like weeds well, out there. Yeah, that's the one nice thing. We're going to have nice juicy apples come, yeah. come yeah. archery season. I just took a picture and posted it up on Black Rock about the yeah. apples that I was finding. So, uh, yeah, the apples are uh, really looking good this year. So hopefully everybody else out there is having a good crop because that's going to be clutch early season. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's coming quick. and uh, Yeah, we'll be here before you know it. Yeah, hopefully I've... I know I'll be able to find time to shoot that bow because I, even without a sight on it, I've just been driving just arrows from going like out ten and, yards, yeah, dinging you know, a couple arrows in every once in a while. The draw cycle on that thing is just stupid. It is. It's great. It's great. It's very impressive. I'm uh, I'm so excited for it. Uh, as for some of the accessories on my bow, I went with um, the CBE Torx hunting stabilizer kit. Yeah, I saw that. I'm in, I was kind of intrigued by that. I've never yeah. gone with like a, 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 a side stabilizer, the backside stabilizer. Never, yeah. never messed with one. Um, but yeah, for what you're gonna do with your stabilizer, I'm not your stabilizer. Your um, 
quiver. Yeah, I I always shot with my quiver off, and I think I'd like to become more versatile just in anticipation of the coming years, possibly, you know, going off for elk or, mm-hmm. or we talked about going to uh, Lanai for axis deer. Right. It, just to be mobile. If you're going to be mobile like that, you're going to have your quiver on your bow. That's it. So that sidebar. It's different, but, yeah, like you said, you want to be able to have that. That's going to, like you know, that. stabilize you out. Sure. And, Especially at distance, and that's what if you're going to travel to those places, you're going to need to be able to reach out at distance to 50, 60 yards. That's and and that was kind of my thought with this bow. It it was, I think it was it's going to help me a lot with longer distance, mm-hmm. a little bit longer axle to axle. I think I've got maybe an inch. It's thirty three and a quarter. Okay. So the that's bow. That's a good compromise. That's a really good happy medium right there. Yeah. So I think it's going to help me out a, a lot with the shooting distance. Mm-hmm. A little bit heavier with the stabilizer. I think that's also going to be be big. Um, on top of that, I think I'm going to move to a little bit of a heavier arrow. And uh, yeah, I th- some of the arrows I've been looking at are actually smaller diameter too. So did you fit, did you decide on an arrow already? Uh, You're kind of considering. I, a few? I, I'm I've got a couple different uh, contenders. I'm looking at the Black Eagle Deep Impacts. Ah, um, very cool. I know that the the Black Eagle Spartans are a smaller diameter arrow, and I've heard a lot of good things about those. And then I've also been looking at the Full Metal Jackets, the Eastons. Yeah, I used to shoot the FMJs, and they're awesome arrows. Everyone swears by them. I I feel like you can't really go wrong with them. Yeah, they have the 6-millimeter ones, like the smaller diameter ones. Uh, I shoot the Black Eagle Carnivores now, and I really like those. I was shooting the Easton Hex. They're great arrows, but they're kind of expensive, so it really kind of hurts when you see that arrow split when you shoot through a deer or through a turkey or whatever, yeah. and you see that arrow hit a rock. Yeah. It's tough. When you put a, a broadhead, you know, a, a $10, $12 broadhead on the end of it, you're looking at like a $25 or $30 arrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The price <laughs> of venison get, just yeah, went up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it can be a little bit of an expensive meat missile there, but... yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of luck with the with the carnivores. I really like those, but those are more of a standard diameter. And I want to say they're somewhere in the area of like nine and a half grains per inch, so a little on the heavier side. Um, I like to stay, you know, around the ten grain per inch for a hunting aerial, aerial, <laughs> hunting arrow. Um, it deadens the sound. Early in the, the podcast for that, man. I know, right? <laughs> My glass is half full already. Yep, that's it. That's it. That'll happen. But I like the heavier. I like the heavier arrows. I mean, I like to give up that speed for the kinetic energy, and, and it, it takes a lot of the vibration and the you know it dampens the sound coming out of your bow too. So, yeah. Um, like I was saying, when I first started with my expedition, I was all about speed, and it, it's kind of funny how you know my my thought process has changed in, in what I actually want out of sure. the bow. So, I you know I want to move to heavier arrows, and, and I just I feel like kinetic energy, you really can't beat it. You know, with the, you, that's, you know, you know how the saying goes. Yep. Kinetic energy kills. That's it. That's it. The so, heavier the arrow, I mean, you're going to carry that energy with you uh, at target. So, no, yeah. that's not a bad way to go, you know, the heavier arrows. I mean, a lot of people like to have those, you know, to get the arrow there quickly. But, you know, when you're looking at a six, seven grain per inch arrow, man, that's yeah. where you. you God help you to hit a shoulder blade. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm looking at at, uh, at, at getting over 10 grains per inch. Yeah. That, that's kind of my goal. You know, I, yeah, it's a good I, place to be. Because I think those Black Eagle, the deep impacts are 11, 11 grains okay. per inch. 
that's that's a great that's a great uh, a great happy medium again and especially i mean are you shooting fixed blades this year you said you're switching to fixed blades or yeah still on the fence with yeah that? I, th- I think i'm gonna do that too um i've always been a big mechanical guy but my i've been shooting rocket sidewinders for years and the one thing i've noticed about them is they're they're one and done broadheads yeah. you know they, you're gonna bend a blade the aluminum tips aren't they just don't hold up yeah so I think I'm going to try to go for something with a little bit more longevity. Sure. Try to go back to fixed blades and not cut myself. Right. Which I I know that's what's going to happen. Well, I know it. it's just be careful with them and I, you I, know. I cut myself on on the mechanicals. Sure. <laughs> so sure. But, yeah, you know, I might stick with the mechanicals. I wanted to go back to fixed blades this year, but I've been having some struggles with my bow getting it dialed in the way I want it. So I'm running out of time. So if I if I feel like I got the time to, to dial in some fixed blades, then I'm definitely going to go that route because that's that was my plan. Um, but I, I ran into a couple issues with some uh, some equipment stuff. So yeah, you know, and that stuff gets expensive. You know, oh, when yeah. you got to swap out a rest, you got to swap out a sight, you got to swap out a couple components. It, it it can really, you know, it can it can cost you. So yeah, we're gonna kind of see how it plays out. I'm I'm cool with sticking. I I shoot the um, what's up, buddy. Um, Dogs are crazy tonight. Yeah, the, I know, right? They're, they're knocking they're the camera over, making a presence. We, yeah, um, shooting the Wacom's this year. I was going to switch from the Wacom fixed blades to the, or I'm sorry, the Wacom expandables to the Wacom fixed blades, because um, those things are just nuts. I shot them out of my bow last year. I, I bought a set for my buddy's crossbow, and just for the heck of it, threw them on and, and shot them. I couldn't believe how accurate they were. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, that's th- this is my bow that my yep, uh, he already got my to quick it. stand that the puppy just chewed. Good job, buddy. Yeah, he's on point. You want to see him? Uh, there he is. There's the man. He's going to make his appearance. Go ahead. Speak into the mic. Yeah, got a little Oscar, and I've got uh, <laughs> Aldo over here chilling with me on the side. Rage but, uh, in the cage, huh? Oh, uh, there's. Oh, yeah, there's there's Frank. I, I did want to mention uh, Creek to Peak checking in from Bozeman. Very, very uh, cool. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of some of his stuff. Very uh, legit merchandise. One of our good friends, Teddy Clark, is. Uh, Always sporting the Creek to Peak uh, gear, the shirts, hats, all that stuff. Frank asked what we're drinking, which we could uh, we could talk about a little bit because this is awesome. We, we, it really is. Uh, yeah, we haven't really got onto that yet. Yeah. Um, Should make the, the second half of the podcast really interesting. This indeed, is called right? Double Daisy Cutter Double Pale Ale. It's by Half Acre Brewing Company, and it is pretty deadly it's really clear it's not it's not a, a hazy beer at, by any means beautiful amber color not much of a head to it but i don't even know how you'd explain it it's definitely not high in ibus I no it's, it's pretty smooth I, I was actually just telling you my, my wife brought back uh a couple of beers from actually i'm wearing the shirt from uh the mud hen uh, their their beers and it had an IBU of ninety one which is kind of high yeah so it made me a little nervous but man it was good yeah. it was very good and it was thirty two inch growler cans which is really cool I've yeah. never seen something like yeah. that before so that was neat to see so see, I uh, didn't even realize that, that those were right from the brewery yeah it was it was pretty cool yeah because to sell a thirty two ounce can at the store boy that's that that takes cajones man yeah yeah well that's what I, w- I was thinking when you first sent me that that picture i was like oh my god yeah right i, I was thinking that it was like somebody trying to catch on to like the old 40 trend you know yeah. like getting real serious <laughs> yep, with it yep not messing around you know it comes standard with a plastic b- or a paper bag to, to carry it around in yeah right. 
Slick Trick getting a lot of love yeah, in the comments yeah. here. It's like John Troutman is big on the Slick Trick. Uh, yeah. Nathaniel Hatton, yep. big on the Slick Trick. And somebody else I know that shoots them. Is it maybe Josh? Maybe Josh from PA Bowhunting is a yes. big fan of the Slick Trick. So, yeah. yeah, they get a lot of love for sure. Um, there's just so many good good ones out there. It's kind of... Yeah. There, there are a handful of crappy ones, though. We're not mm. going to name any names, but uh, there's a, there's been a bit of a sway away from a lot of the big marketed well, heads. I was just at uh, at Fazio's archery shop today, and we were talking about how the broadhead market is it, it's strange because yeah. it seems like they just get bought out so quickly. Yeah. On top of that, you've got you know companies that are pretty much making counterfeit broadheads now that you can I buy saw it, the Chinese eat. version of the rages yeah, I saw those I mean, yeah and, and some guys are really touting them they're like hey, look I bought them I tried them and they work I I partially believe that because I mean you put anything in the the soft spot of a deer's chest it's going to kill the deer right right but you know anything marginal you're going to want you know something that that keeps cutting you know because once you you know, a, a, a crappy blade, once it cuts through a deer's hair, yeah, it's dull. Yeah, I would it, think. it can for sure. That's uh, th- Their hair is pretty coarse. And I think just that alone will definitely dull, uh, you know, a, a crappy blade pretty much. I've so, uh, The one that I've been leaning towards uh, is the solid, solid broadheads. Yep. I've been looking at them a lot. Uh, another one I saw today that I never heard of, it actually popped up on Instagram. Uh, it was Kudu, Kudu broadheads. Okay, not familiar. Have you ever heard of them? No, I haven't. They're they're single bevel, uh, only you know two sided blade, and it it's kind of they come to a point, but then they they kind of swoop out. Okay. Uh, have you ever have you ever seen? I have. Yeah. yeah, there was a company that did them for a while, uh, but they're I think they did a lot of traditional heads where they had like that almost like that belly that reverse belly on them. I think your I, camera just clipped off. Over yeah, there. I'm not that sure. one turned off. I, I think that the uh, the footage here on the on the professionally edited side <laughs> is going to be a bit marginal this time around, but we'll, we'll see. see. What, we'll see what we can do with that. Um, I just saw a post from Jim Hardy. He's trying the new severs. I just looked them up. Man, they look pretty cool. There's so many new ones this year. I know. I know. It's um, crazy. Dave was showing me one at the shop today that it basically has a plastic guard. That goes over the head. I saw those. I don't know what they're called, but I know what you're talking about. I, I got a hard it, time trusting that. I think it's by Interlock. <laughs> Interlock? Okay. I don't it, know what prevents that little plastic piece from sliding. If it if it rotated on the head, yeah, you, the blades aren't coming out. Well, that that's, yeah, I got to. There must be teeth. Maybe or, they're great. I don't know. I got a hard time with, with buying on that because of the whole, you know, the more moving parts you've got, the more variables you've got there um yeah i mean i don't know yeah i've not, seen a few of those and i i'm very hesitant to buy into that i'll wait and see i'm kind of in that stage with those type of broadheads yeah. like the whole wait and see stage right you know because you know if, if one fails you're going to hear about it yeah uh the other big one i see a lot of people shooting this year or they're going to shoot is uh the thorn broadhead. yeah i saw those that's those. kind of that same principle it's all, all internal yep you know yep Look pretty know. interesting. What's yep. up, Damon? How are you, buddy? Good to see you. Long time. Who we got on here? Now? Damon Bernardini. Uh, Jimmy's still uh, still on with us. Uh, 
Nice. I haven't seen many questions. If you guys have any questions for us, don't hesitate. Throw them out there. Um, yeah, th those severs are, are looking pretty cool. They, what I like about them that I've seen just in briefly looking at the page is there's a set screw you can put in there to turn them into practice heads. So you don't have to use a different practice head. Put a little set screw and it locks the blades in. Oh, that that's looks pretty nice. really cool. Yeah. Looks like Teddy Clark is on. What's up, Teddy? How are you, man? Good Teddy. to see you. Classic Teddy. Glad to see the lightning didn't get you. Yeah. Teddy's training for Montana. That's right. Year, really heading out to Montana for some elk. Yeah, he's going to hang out with uh, with Frank and uh, the Creek to Peak crew. Mm -hmm. Oh, we have a question. Who is your favorite celebrity hunter and why? Oh, good one. Yeah, good I'll question. let you go ahead and start on that one if you like. My favorite celebrity hunter. I don't know if I have a favorite. No? I have a few that I guess I would admire. At this point, I would say it would be Joe Rogan. I mean, yeah. I just admire everything that he's doing outside of, you know. Oh, yeah, he's really taking some big strides. I mean, he... He, he gravitates towards the, the intellectual side, and, and, you know, it's more of reason. He gives you a reason. Yeah. You know, he he's not out there to, to paint his face and, you know, fit the stereotype. He's out yeah. there because it's something primal, and he understands that. And I just – the fact that he is able to convey that to his giant following is just opening up so many doors for the hunting industry. Absolutely. It, it's huge. Yeah, he it's, definitely needs to be commended for that, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Steve Rinella, kind of the guy who got him into yep. hunting. I wouldn't say he got him into hunting. He was into hunting to begin with. Yeah. Steve just kind of gave him the outlet. Um, the reason I like Steve Rinella so much is, uh, you know, I had, I had my wife sit down with me one night and watch an episode, mm -hmm. and it happened to be uh, an episode where he, hunt, where he was hunting bear, and he didn't shoot anything. It was one yeah. of those episodes where he just didn't kill anything. And it was still a good episode. So he can make good television without the whole grip and grin, without the whole yeah. screaming from a tree stand. Uh, you know, and the the way he approaches and there's a there's a video out there of him having a discussion with a, a, a vegan actually came to one of his book signings. Yes. And he handled that I think better than I would have. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, he handled I mean, it very, in a very classy manner. And just the way he articulates things, um, yep. you know, he's very well-versed. He's a great writer. I've read a bunch of his stuff. Um, I think he puts a different spin on hunting, yeah. uh, especially hunting TV. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, anyone who's, who's listened to the podcast for a while knows how Mark and I feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about a lot of the hunting television that's out there, uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But, you know, I think he puts a pretty good spin on it, um, you know, in regard to what hunters are. Yeah. I mean, the guy is an absolute beast when it comes to getting in the mountains. I mean, yeah. you know, there there was talk of him having a contest, like Hunt with Steve Rinella contest. And the fear was that no one could keep up with him. Yeah. You know, trying to yeah. keep up with that guy. He's like a mountain goat. Yeah. So, you know, him and some of the guys from uh First Light, I'd you know? be I'd be intimidated for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of Steve Rinella. I guess he would probably be he would probably top the list for me. Uh but I've been a fan of his for a long time since uh before he was doing meat eater. So. Yeah. Well, he could probably beat me in a mountain climbing contest, but yeah, no doubt. I bet no, I can drink. I think he can beat me on an escalator contest. To be honest, with you. but I could beat him in an IPA drinking contest. <laughs> yeah, most definitely, mm -hmm. most definitely. Right. Which is probably why I can't beat him in a mountain climbing contest. Hey, man, you got to make compromises <laughs> somewhere, right? Yeah, got to live your life. 
But that was a, a, a pretty good session. I think we are how far into this About one? 35 minutes or so. 35, 35 minutes, minutes in. Minutes, that was yeah. pretty good. Nice interactive uh, session with everyone. Appreciate everyone, uh, you know, tuning in and caring about our, our babble and our, our dribble know, right? and us drinking beer and talking about hunting. But It's almost like we're all hanging out in the same room. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. But we're going to wrap it up right now. We're going <laughs> to reset the camera, you know, now that the dogs are... They're chilling out now. Yeah, they, they're yeah. all taking naps. So we're going to wrap it up, reset the cameras, come back, and again find something to talk about because we have no plans hit us up in the comments if you want us to uh to mention something in the second half or if you've got an idea for something for us to discuss in the second half yeah throw it out there man we'd be happy to uh take a take a little cue from you guys take control of the second half indeed so that's what we're gonna do and we will catch up with you guys later thanks again thank you very much guys appreciate everyone guys thank you back indeed yeah the uh first half of that podcast went awesome seriously thanks to everyone that tuned in that was that was awesome i mean the i think we got up to 17 people at one yeah, time definitely and, set the bar there and just to think that 17 people care about what we're talking about <laughs> is just mind-blowing to me yeah but, that was great. Uh, yeah super appreciative just, yeah thank you everybody for kind of checking in with us uh there's a lot of people that we hadn't seen in the past that were kind of jumping in so thank you very much for that uh it definitely makes us feel a lot better about what we're doing here Mm -hmm. we see a a lot of people kind of chiming in even those who are not even hunters we saw a few people that kind of were following along that are not hunters but you know like you know mark you said in the beginning you wanted to make this a lifestyle podcast yeah and that was kind that kind of puts a, a, a crosses the t so to speak uh, yeah with that so yeah i mean i i I've, my first thought when i w- was going to start producing a podcast was that there are already so many podcasts out there about whitetail strategy sure and it, pre- pretty much it seems like every hunting podcast r- revolves around strategy yeah, there's only so many ways you can rule the rut yeah, yeah that's <laughs> that's pretty much it and it's all the same guests yeah and uh i just think that there's there's so much more to you know living an outdoor lifestyle that people i mean i know people understand it but maybe they're not cognizant of it maybe maybe that's the right way to and put it not only that but it's just they're not exposed to uh that style of uh I guess, entertainment or media, you know, because like you said, you know, we've, we've, anybody who's listened to this podcast in the past, they understand, they kind of have an idea where we're coming from, uh, right. from the perspective of what's available as far as outdoor entertainment. Um, and we're kind of trying to straddle the line a little bit in still maintaining that outdoor aspect, but changing the game a little bit in regard to uh, outcome and translating this into our everyday life and and that kind of thing so not to get too cliche with it but you know there there's a lot of the same old same old out there so to kind of 
journey into that whole different uh, element of the outdoor lifestyle as opposed to a hunting podcast. And, you know, no doubt that's a lot of what we do here. We do talk a lot about that, but that's a big part of our lives. There's a lot of people out there who hunting season for them is a couple of weeks a year where they focus on you know, dialing in their rifles and shooting their bow and then they go out, they hunt and they don't think about it again until, you know, the next year when it's a couple of weeks before the season. And there's other people out there who eat, sleep and, and breathe that type of thing. You know what I mean? I, and I think that um, what outdoor entertainment is kind of falls short for a lot of those people. Yeah, I I agree. And the, and the one thing that I would expand on that you, that you said there is where, you know, a lot of the aspects of the outdoors tends to leak into your your personal life, or, sure. or I won't even say your personal life, but your your professional life. Yeah, we can absolutely. Put it that way. I mean, like you said in the past, we we've touched on on this in a little in a few different ways, and mm-hmm. we were just talking when the uh, the mics were off, you know, about the upcoming season and and you know just kind of the ins and outs of it. And how we, uh, you know, you can, you, a lot of us will get into that rut. Sure. And the first thing that that sets in, if you're not seeing deer, is the whole, well, I could go home, sit on the couch. Sure. Or, or I could go crawl back into bed right mm-hmm. now. And, oh, it would, be, it would just be so easy. Yeah. And it would be nice and it would be warm. But to have the mental fortitude to avoid that, to have yeah. that mental strength. I don't think people realize how valuable that is in in building character. Sure. You know, that that will transcend into into your professional life in ways you you don't even realize. Right. You know, patience, patience alone yeah. is invaluable. The patience that you're you're able to to build uh by sitting on stand longer than you feel like you should, you know. Cuz I I've had a number of instances where I decided to call it a day early and kick myself hard. Because I ruined something, you know what I mean, and and, yeah. and you learn from that. Yeah, and actually, I mean, in I I don't know if it, if it would actually apply in the the next installment of two when we do that. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 just kind of the same thing. Looking back and looking at your decision making and reevaluating that, it's it's another important trait. Sure, you know, and just like you said, like you're kicking yourself. Well, I mean, this is it's practice these things here then you know translate them into into your professional life oh absolutely i mean and that's that's the thing this this is your blank slate this is your your piece of marble you know chisel it how you will sure but uh the 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 thing about you know like leaving the stand early or or experiencing that discomfort i mean that's that's how you progress in life essentially as far as I'm concerned, you can you cannot grow if you don't experience struggle and discomfort. Right. You know, you, those are the it's just learning experiences. To, that's the straight out. Sure. You know, we all need to experience hardships, and battling through a a cold day is no better learning experience. And I, and I actually, I remember I think it was the first season that we were actually kind of communicating. Mm-hmm. I think you were hunting into the late season. Yeah. And there was a day that I remember, I think I was done. That I might have tagged out that year. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was definitely the late season, and you were sitting, and I was like, no way. 
Yeah. No way, man. Yeah, I've had a couple of rough runs where, uh, you know, I think it was the 2015 season is where I struggled the most. But uh, I ended up with frostbite and three toes. Like, I kind of pushed the envelope, but it was more of a, you know, it, it was less about can I get a deer and more about can I actually attempt to get a deer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that it, I wanted to kind of push myself a little bit to see where my, my limits were. And man, I found them quick. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's an unbelievable test of willpower. I mean, uh, being able to, to understand yourself like that and know what your will, what, what you can make yourself do, I think is one of those intangible things that the average person yeah. doesn't ever really get a grasp on. Yeah. You know, and, what and, what and am I capable I of? Yeah, and, and that's it. And, and I definitely kind of pushed the limits a little bit that year. But, um, yeah, I know exactly when you were talking about. I mean, uh, I was actually taking pictures of broadheads with, you know, I was kind of just doing yeah, all just kinds of stuff. Yeah, broadheads. Yeah, just to keep myself busy. Uh, I was actually sitting in a box blind on a on a, a, a cornfield. Uh, yeah, I remember that. It was, it was a great day. I mean, we I, saw, I got some great footage that day, but I didn't see any deer until it was really late and dark. And I couldn't even open up the screen on my camera because it would have Crazy. given me away. You know what I mean? It was like that dark. But just, you know, and it's one of those things where you, you kind of have to take a little bit of a respite and what else is available to you. I mean, you're not always going to see deer. So you got to kind of find other things to keep yourself occupied and other things to keep you, I hate to say entertained, but that's honestly, I mean, if you're going to be sitting on stand for... 10 hours in single digit weather. I mean, you better find something to entertain yourself. Uh, otherwise, uh, it's going to be a long sit and, and just seeing squirrels and trying different angles and trying different things to kind of keep myself busy is really what kept me on stand. You yeah. know what I mean? And, uh, and I learned that that was, I kind of pushed myself a little too far at that point, but it, it really, it, it set a line, it drew a line in the sand for me, you know? Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, that's just, I don't know, understanding yourself better. Oh, sure. And that's just the straight out of it, I think. I mean, I don't think a lot of people experience things like that. No, no, you're right. You're right. And and those who have, I mean, you know, they're, they're sitting back. If you, if you have and you listen to this, you're sitting back nodding your head right now going, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, and and how it translates into other things i mean the the amount of patience it takes to sit in single digit or sub-zero weather for a lengthy period of time without moving around i mean you it, the whole cliche statement of getting outside of your comfort zone yeah man if that doesn't take you outside of your comfort zone when you're used to sitting in a nice warm house on a couch watching cartoons on saturday morning with your kids right. you know what i mean and then you translate you, you you go from that to you know, sitting in a box blind on a cornfield when it's uh, three degrees out, you yeah. know what I mean? And that's the high for the day. You know, it, it can really, it, you definitely do get outside of your comfort zone. And, uh, you know, that definitely translates into something a little bit more tangible. Um, you know, when you're in a position where you're you're just not comfortable with where you're at, whether it be professionally, in, your, in parenthood, in um, any aspect of life. I mean, it can really help you kind of power through, so to speak, you know. Yeah. And that and that's one of those those things where I, I, I don't even want to use the word like arguing point. Yeah. But it, it, it's, it's definitely a point for what we do. Oh, it, absolutely. It's a positive. Absolutely. I mean, this, this is 
something that can expand your potential. Sure. It's a great and, way of putting it, actually. And to think that there's 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 people out there, you know, like people on Wall Street mm-hmm. who are, are just absolute savages. You know, they they do what they have to do to get ahead. Imagine if they experienced something like this where they grew mm-hmm. and they knew what they were actually capable of. That's Imagine it. what that could do for them. Sure. Yeah, I, mean, I, I have friends of mine who are in the same kind of uh, – wheelhouse where you know they put themselves in in an uncomfortable uncomfortable position on purpose just to see what they're capable of and that allows them to um be very successful in other aspects sure you know what i mean and and not to kind of keep on coming back to how it translates into into our everyday life but that's the reality of it i mean when you talk about the outdoor lifestyle and you talk about you know, what what can be gained from, you know, our passions? I mean, with anybody. I mean, you have people who play tennis for a living. They love it. And that's going to, the way they serve the ball, the way they handle a bad point, you know, that's going to translate in how they handle any kind of adversities in life. And it's very similar with, with hunting. You know what I mean? There's more times than not, we go out and we fail. We fail yeah. big. And it's constant failure. That's it. You know what I mean? You Your successes are... are minimal but that momentary success it it makes up for all the failures that we have and when you have uh you know and that again translating into your real world i mean you have a a success in your professional career it makes up for all those failures all those little all those long days all those you know uh moments where they're just unanswered or or, are What's the term I'm looking for where you just you just don't get that response that you should. Right, you work right. your ass off yeah. and then all of a sudden you get no thanks for it. You know, those moments, it makes it worth it. You know what I mean? When you have that big win. Yeah. If if you think about it for a second, consider the people you know that embrace the outdoors. And it doesn't necessarily have to be hunting. Mm-hmm. Mountain biking, sure, trail fishing. running. I know some really big fly fishermen who are just, you know. So, so the people who embrace nature and mm-hmm. and let's say put themselves in these positions, would you consider more than eighty percent of them? Let's let's just an arbitrary number. Would you consider them successful in life? Oh, in absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, and it comes into, you know, I have had opportunities to go into business with a few people that, um, you know, for one reason or another, it fell through. But one of the biggest reasons that I decided to uh, venture into something with them is because of their, uh, you know, ability to withstand adversity. And that stems a lot, you know, a lot of times from their outdoor experiences. You know what I mean? You see guys who can power through second season archery in Pennsylvania. You see a lot of guys who can power through, you know, a cold day on the river when they're fly fishing. You see guys that can power through that, you know damn well they're going to be able to power through adversity that comes down the pipeline with whatever yep. kind of, you know, mission you're trying to accomplish, you know, whatever kind of uh, task you're trying to overcome. You know, you you know that you have a better chance of success with somebody who is accustomed to adversity, whether it be from a cold day on stand right. or whether it be from, you know, I got a deer down and he's in the bottom of that valley and I got to drag him up, 
that valley and you know it's going to take hours yeah. you know i've been there where it took me hours to drag a deer out to where my vehicle could possibly get to um you know you know that someone's that can power through that can easily power through a bad marketing campaign they yeah. can power through low sales they can power through right. um, you know in my case i'm in healthcare so you have low admissions you have uh you know a, a bad month where with referrals you know what i right. mean it's you power through it you know and you know you you can kind of lean on those kind Count of people them, yeah. yeah 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 i i, I agree I, I just think it's it it creates an, an exceptional person sure you know, sure it, it just in, in the short of it it's just it it builds a different character Absolutely. I mean, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the way you see uh, a lot of military personnel, people who are ex-military yeah. or current military. Um, you know, uh, Mark and I are on the same page as well as a lot of the guys we've done, a lot of stuff with PA bow hunting and stuff like that, where we are very, very supportive of military personnel, ex-military, whatever. Um, and, you know, you see a certain type of character that's built through serving the country mm -hmm. and uh you know there's a lot of similarities um and a lot of parallels in in people who challenge themselves in other ways and uh and it, it kind of you know just as much as i would lean on somebody who i've you know had some pretty hard hunts with uh i would definitely lean on somebody else who has got military experience that yeah. kind of uh you know because you know they've been through the uh, way more adversity than most outdoors oh, yeah. people yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whether they've served overseas or not, you know, just getting through boot camp is is is, is kind of uh, impressive. So, you know, there's there's certain paths that we take in life that can translate into um, an improved character. And uh, whether it's, you know, serving in the military or having some kind of background in the outdoors or, um, you know, someone who's just a hard-nosed business person. Yeah. You know what I mean? They faced adversity as well, but, you know, there's almost a brethren, you know what I mean, with people who have uh, spent time outdoors that, you know, you get that weird nod, that, that nice yep. firmer handshake, you know yep. what I mean? And it, and it kind of uh, it carries a little bit extra weight, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah. I got to throw a, a huge shout-out here because I just feel like the past – 10 minutes we've been talking about teddy clark oh yeah yeah you teddy. Know, he's just he is that he is that man he he's the he's a master of business yep he's just a, he's an outdoorsman it just ex-marine trans transcends into his life and it's just that's a great example stand-up dude yeah absolutely honestly <laughs> go follow him on instagram because he's hilarious too oh yeah 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 <laughs> i was just watching a little series that he did with him almost getting struck by lightning <laughs> yeah he's training for montana right now <laughs> yeah that was pretty hysterical i mean not that he almost got struck by lightning but the way he takes things yeah yeah he's got a great view on In life stride. yep he's a family man a businessman ex-military i mean yeah solid dude um, and you know, he's again, Mark and I are a part of PA bow hunting. He's one of the other guys that, that managed PA bow hunting. And, uh, you know, that was a great, um, outlet for both of us, honestly, yeah. uh, to kind of break into the social media world and, uh, kind of expand our own horizons a little bit. Like, you know, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we have a lot of discussions, uh, when the microphones are off just to kind of suss out what we are yeah, gonna yeah. ramble about, and then and that's kind of uh, the one thing we talked about is, you know, breaking into 
like a social media platform to to do something like this and it it ties right into what we just talked about is having you know being driven and having sure. that, that mental fortitude i mean if, if you want to build something like this it takes dedication without a doubt you know you, you see so many people just you know start facebook pages saying sure. oh, television show mm-hmm. we're starting a television show yeah oh are you yeah I, I i'll come back to this page in a month and i'll see see how you've done right if you didn't post every single day it's not going to work and that's that's the kind of thing it's just it's the exact same thing as keeping yourself in a tree stand you need to be dedicated that's it mentally you have to be there mm-hmm. you know and it and that's so for this to work for me for sons of the hunt to work I have to approach that with the same mental fortitude that I would if I was going to sit on a tree stand all day. Sure. You know, sure. It's, this this type of thing could be carried into any aspect of life. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we are going to sell this to, you know, people who are not outdoorsmen or mm-hmm. women right now, these are the kind of things that we need to put at the forefront. Oh, sure. You know, the, sure. The, it, it's more than just an, an, an organic lifestyle, a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It it can push you forward in your business life. Oh, of we'll course. Call it. Of we'll, course. You know, your, your, your work life. Right. I mean, I, I find myself using, um, let's say, reflective experiences. I, I'll, I'll do it that way because, you know... As I go back and I look at footage and I reflect on my decision making, I find myself doing the same thing for my, for my career. Right. You know, I'll look back and I'll see the things that I've done, and it's very easy to, you know, connect connect the two. Sure. Sure. Connect two similar experiences where, I, I and I think that that's a, that's another thing. It just changes your way of thinking. If that if that makes sense, you know you're you're seeing two things that are completely different, right? But you're able to relate them in two different fields. Sure. So I mean, it's it's just it's like I said, just another selling point. Well, absolutely. You know, you know, the big thing is, you know, you you kind of touched on the whole, uh, you know, healthy lifestyle, and you kind of kind of got into sort of like you know. Uh, one of the big attractions with hunting now is the whole field of table. You know what yeah. I mean? And when we Huge. can, and, and that, and when that becomes part of the forefront, well, then you're going to attract a, a greater audience. And when, but when you put that, I'm going to go out and knock down a 180 buck, and that's the primary goal. That you're going to lose a people. Thing. Right, right. So you have to kind of think about if we're going to grow our numbers and we're going to do. We have a, a bit of a responsibility, and we're going to kind of confirm that by. By reaching out to people and through the whether it be through the podcast or through social interactions, personal social interactions, you know, we have to do something and we have to kind of uh, um, put something out there that's that that's going to attract people who are not who don't really care about that. You know what I mean? Who yeah. don't care about the the trophy aspect of it, and they're they're more interested into what are they going to get out of it. You know what I mean? What's the benefit to me in in pursuing a lifestyle like this? Yeah, 
Yeah, that, that that's interesting because lately I've been very torn over that. Because, like I said, even with my equipment, mm-hmm. the way things were four years ago, my mind has changed sure, since then. Sure, You know, things change. And something that my mind has sort of changed on recently has been uh, big buck contests. Right. You know, I growing up, I grew up with them. That mm-hmm. was the thing. You know, if... If you're a hunter, oh yeah, you got to join the big buck contest, mm-hmm. and I and I still support them in a way. But recently, I've seen where somebody online is trying to make like a, a global—I don't even know if it's global, but it's nationwide. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen it. This this—it's like a, a nationwide tournament. Sure, sure. And now it's it's just people competing, and yeah. when you start creating more competition within our community i just don't see that ending in a positive way sure you know and you know and i agree i agree with you uh, i mean i think there's a certain demographic out there that can appreciate something like that you know people who have been hunting their whole lives you know it's already a lifestyle for them it's already something that be, is, is part of the, you know, they're not the guys that are out there like it's three weeks before the rifle season and they're going to go buy a rifle and they're going to go out hunting with this rifle they bought off the shelf. That used to drive me bananas because I worked in a sporting goods shop for a long time. And, you know, you'd have guys coming in three days before the season buying yeah, guns. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, buddy, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and you're gritting your teeth because you know you got to make that sale for the yep. better, the best of the business. But you're you're it's killing you inside because you know this guy's going to take this rifle and if he's lucky because I don't know of anybody out there who rifle hunts if you tried getting to a rifle range in Pennsylvania <laughs> yeah. a week before yeah. the season good luck to you I hope you've got a comfortable car because you're going to be sitting in it for about two hours before you yes. get an open bench yep. um, that's just the way it goes so you know it, it's very difficult to. Uh, see that kind of behavior. You know, granted, you're on one hand, you're happy to see somebody else getting into hunting, but on the on the other hand, you're like, oh my god, this guy has no idea. You know yeah. what I mean? He's buying a gun three days before the season. He's going to go hunt, and you're cringing because of that. You know what I mean? But there, you know, there's that demographic, and there's also the demographic who grew up hunting since the day they were old enough to hunt. They're in the field since before then. They were following their dad in the field. Yeah. So big buck contests in, in that respect, I get it. You know what I mean? There's there's value there. There's camaraderie there. Um, but when you're introducing somebody new to the outdoors, I think that's definitely the wrong way to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's definitely a different pathway we need to travel uh, when it comes to introducing somebody. Um, the food to table, man, that's just clutch right there to yeah. say, look, you can go out. You can pay twenty some dollars for a deer license, seven bucks was it six dollars and ninety cents for a doe tag, and you can get pounds and pounds yeah. of meat to put in your freezer to feed your family with good quality, organic, the best, non hormone injected, you name it. I mean, it goes on and on. It's the absolute best kind of meat you can you can get your hands on, and it comes at a very nominal price. People have a hard time balking at that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean the the experience behind it I just feel it makes it that oh, much 100%. more valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if you can get somebody to experience that, man, they're hooked. You know, your work is done. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean to to consume something that you personally 
ended is just it, it it's something else and, it, and it's it, i could see how to some people it sounds negative oh sure you know it, it, it's that, that's a thing to try to be open-minded to the people who are just not there with it mm-hmm. and uh i just recently showed you that interaction i had on on instagram yeah um i forget the the account I, I wish I could it's remember. Jen, Jen something or other. Jen Becker. Jen Becker. Something maybe. like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I know you showed me too, and it but was interesting for sure. It, and uh, it, I don't think it, it was – it was it was actually a picture. I, I posted things similar to it. It mm-hmm. was – it was there was a, a dead bear in the background out of focus, and she was holding the heart in her hand with it had a, a clean broadhead cut right through mm-hmm. the middle of it. I've I've posted similar pictures. Sure, um, I saw it on Instagram, and I instantly ap- could appreciate it for what it was. It sure. was the the most ethical shot you could possibly make on on an right. animal, and uh, I, I commented something similar to that. You know, like well done. Right, like, right. You know, you you, you deserve a, a kudos on this one. And somebody randomly, I don't I don't know how. Got got onto this picture and uh, commented that under my comment that this animal didn't need to experience any death at all, right? Which is a little bit trivial. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. the little... first thing that came into my mind is well, anything that living that is living is going to die. Indeed. So it will experience some death first yeah. of all. Yeah. And and I remember. As soon as I saw that comment, I was, I, I was just kind of silenced for a second, mm-hmm. and I thought, of, thought about like, really? Yeah. No, it didn't have to experience death at all. Did you think it was going to live forever and and, yeah. and yeah. climb its way over a rainbow and <laughs> and prance around with a unicorn somewhere? Right, like, right. Well, it, it didn't have to experience death at all. Yeah, and that's. And then there, that's that's our disconnect. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. You know, well, you know, and, and in, in in the defense of that type of statement, I mean, there's a very uh, glaring dichotomy between somebody who loves deer yet kills deer. There's a glaring yeah. dichotomy between somebody who pays money to kill an animal in order to conserve that animal. I mean, and that's where hunting and conservation meet, and it can be very confusing to somebody who goes, well. It, you know, how could you kill an animal you love so much? You know what I mean? And that there's, and it's, I mean, a very, a very, it, it, you know, dichotomy is one word. What's the one where the jumbo shrimp, what's the idi- idiosyncrasy or uh, an a term oxymoron. For it. oxymoron. Thank you very much. There it yeah. is. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a bit of an oxymoron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that, you know, we, we love animals that we kill or we kill animals that we love. You know, we, we spend a ton of money to conserve animals that we plan to kill. I mean, it, it, it's hard for people to wrap their heads around that. But the people who are ag- against how we conduct ourselves, what are they really doing outside of making us stink or holding a sign over their head or, you know, crying out for mercy? I mean, what are they doing for the animals that they're trying to save outside of, you know, trying to gain social media brownie points. Making a stink, yeah. yeah. I, you know what I mean? It's funny that you bring that up because this, 
you know, the more the more we talk, the more I keep remembering things that I wanted to talk about yeah, this yeah, week. Yeah. Um, I was recently watching uh, a trail camera video that will be featured in the next installment of two. And I was watching it the other night and I, I, I the closest I've been to tears in, in a long time watching this video. And I, th- at the moment I was like, I'm getting choked up over this mm-hmm. stupid video yeah. of this deer. And it doesn't make any sense because I wanted to also kill this deer. Sure. And it, and it, that, it was a strange, I don't know, uh, wave of emotion that I was just, I, I never really thought about it this way before. And I, I have no idea why it hit me the way it did at this time, but it, it, it'll obviously make more, I don't want to give too much of it away, but sure. it's exactly what you were just talking about. It, yeah. You know, you, you, you care so much about the deer that it, it just it just becomes something different and it's honestly the right thing to do it's it's you want to take away a senior member of the mm-hmm. of this population so sure. you you fall back on on a, a biological standpoint of it and it's this is the right way to do this but at the same time the the human part of me feels awful Right. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. It's it's just like every time I, I see you know uh, Laura Hope's rescue post a, a picture of a puppy. Sure. I, I need to go adopt this puppy. Right, right, right. Which you know, I obviously do. It's kind of where uh, it's where Oscar came in. Kind of yeah, came into the program. And that's here. Oscar, the little demon. Yep, yep, yep. And, and that's it. You know, a lot of people they they have a hard time wrapping their head around uh, our relationship with the the game we pursue and that that might be a a misconception i mean yes uh we as outdoorsmen kill things Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that we're not compassionate about things right you know we're we're still humans sure there there's a level of reverence there's a level a level of sadness um you know that comes along with ending something and i think that's a lot of where the reaction of that little sliver in time comes from you know what i mean that split second when you decide to touch off that arrow to touch off that rifle trigger or whatever it is you know however it is you choose to hunt the second you touch that off there's such a wealth of emotion that comes along with that that is you know it just goes unexperienced unless you've been there you know what i mean it, it, it's one of those things that it one makes you question everything, but two confirms everything. You know, it's it's hard okay. to explain. Again, you know, people who have been there, they understand. They know where this is coming from. But, you know, for people who have not experienced this, to, again, we, we've talked about this before, and able to, to put this into words and to, you know, really um, analyze a feeling is very challenging to put into words, especially something of that magnitude. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's, there's, it's not like woohoo, I killed something. It's like holy crap, I just killed something. And you know the the whole uh, thought of what you just benefited from it, what benefit, what comes from that kill. You know how are there's just so much involved in that emotion. I mean that, that that's that's just making you a complete person. Yeah. You know the the fact that you still feel emotion and and you know you're you you feel 
day-to-day things that everyone yeah. else feels. I mean, sure. We're not different right, than right. everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's that's a major point of contention Maybe. for people who don't hunt. They they look at at people who do as some other like species or sure, just, like, sure. just outside of the realm of normalcy. It's and there's a few of people a few people out there who definitely ring that bell, no doubt. You know what I mean? A people a few people in the in, in the hunting world and you know, but that's like anything, you know. Yeah. There's lots of bad drivers out there. There's yeah. lots of bad cooks out there. Yep. And there's lots of bad hunters out there. Yeah. You know? well, so and and you know, just we 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 talked about it before. Uh, I can't stand the term millennial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, yeah. I don't know, what are you going to throw me in that group? <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not the same as everyone else. I, I, I can't stand stereotypes. I can't stand grouping people. Yeah. I just, you know, you can't put everyone in the same group. Yeah, it's hard. Guilty I mean, uh, by association is... Sure, that, is, that's exactly where not, I was going with it. Yeah, It's not my favorite, uh, you know, notion. Sure. And um, you know, people are go- people are gonna analyze. People are, are are gonna you know put people other people into certain categories. You know what I mean? And, and it is what it is. That's just the way society is. You're not gonna really get away from it. But you know, the to to personally stray from that, I think, is very beneficial. You know what I mean? Because you're not gonna synchronize anybody because of their behavior you're not going to marginalize anybody because of their downfall you're not going to you know there's a lot of people out there who um share a peak but their lows are few and far right so you know it's it's really hard to do that Uh, especially nowadays man there's so many people out there who are so different yet so similar yeah uh, in regard to their loves their passions their what they fight against what they fight for yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's but their backgrounds may be completely different, whether it be religious or uh, ethnic or you know what have you. Maybe yeah. I'm getting off on a tangent here, but you know, it, it there's a lot of people who have a lot of differences, yet they share one similarity that defines them, and I think that comes through with with the outdoor lifestyle and a lot of people who are you see black, white, young, old. Fat guys who can't find a stand that they could fit into. Right. Skinny guys who can't drag a deer on flat ground. I mean, it, it, there's so many people out there who, I mean, share a, a passion for similar things that come from different backgrounds that, you know, it's hard to really hard-headedly put somebody yes. in, a, in, a, yes. in, a, in a pattern or in a demographic or something. So, And at, at the same time, uh, I don't think that any of us can be any luckier than to live during this time yeah. where we have the chance to experience that through the internet and social media and oh, actually get a real feel for what people are all about. I feel like that we've, we've never been handed a better opportunity to get to know each other right. than right now. Sure. It's and what it, you make of it, too. I mean, some people use that for nothing but arrogant self-centered you know self-promoting reasons but there's a lot of people out there who use that for um just just to give you an example is go back and look through the the comments we had in our live session from the beginning yeah there are a lot of people who 
are very well versed in what we do and are immediately willing to share that knowledge and to share that experience and to branch out. I mean, it's amazing the like you said, you know, we have an op- excellent opp- opportunity to to share with each other through social media and there's a lot of people who take that by the horns, man, and they run with it for they run with it for days because it's just that's the kind of people they are. Yep. You know what I mean? And for the hunting community, you have your pros and your cons, no question, especially with social media. And, you know, again, those of you who have listened to this podcast before, yeah, you you've, know had, you've heard Mark and I talk about it uh, in, in depth. Uh, but the, the positive side of it out there is just astronomical. I mean, the people that uh, really, truly have a love and a passion for this and are willing to share that with somebody who's kind of got even the slightest interest in it. Man. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, I think, you know, of all the positive and the negative, I think we're in pretty good track. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That was another, another good session and we, and we should wrap it up. But, uh, the thing, the thing is if, uh, if you find yourself in that conversation with, uh, somebody who might not be a hunter, Mm -hmm. maybe consider using some of these points. Sure. Sure. And not, not only that, but be open to their points. You know, because I've had conversations with people where, you know, despite my overwhelming need to throat throttle them. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, lack of a better term, you have to kind of be open to their points because it, a lot of people who are against this, it's real easy to overcome their theories. I mean, they're, they're based in emotion. They're based in knee jerk reaction. I'm going to, I'm going to post the, uh. The back and forth that I had on Instagram, yeah, because I think that that could be a, a good learning experience for 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 somebody who might find themselves in a similar situation. Sure, I mean, sure. You, and it's not even that I was being attacked or my right, comment right, was right. being attacked or or she was. It was just it was somebody obviously not on board with what was going on. Right. And we explained our side. She said, I see it a little differently. And then mm-hmm. you were able to go your separate ways, knowing a little bit more about each other. Sure, sure. Which is just the human experience, is, which is what we should be doing. And to kind of build on that, you know, a lot of the, the people who are uh, anti-hunting or not familiar with hunting or don't really approve of it, you know, hunters and anti-hunters, they have a very similar perspective when it comes to the welfare of animals it's just you know how you go about it you know what i mean a lot of people think you know nature should take its course well the people who think that nature should take its course have clearly never seen nature take its course yeah or they probably would have a difference of opinion yeah uh you know what i mean but it it, it's again it comes down to what they perceive as normal a lot of people think that you know a deer gets old, they go lay down in the woods, and they pass away silently. Yeah. It doesn't happen that way. <laughs> Animals do not no. die in their sleep. No. So for when you mentioned, you know, that, that Instagram transaction you had where, you know, a shot through the heart is probably the best way for an animal to meet its fate. 100%. For some people, they can't even they can't rationalize. They can't no. fathom the fact that a, an arrow through the heart is the best way to go. When you think about it, that, that animal probably had no idea what even happened to it. It just it literally fell asleep on its feet. Yep. And you contrast that with how animals typically perish in nature. It's a 
brutal contrast. Yeah. It's a brutal contrast. I mean, but people can't fathom that. You know no, what I mean? So because they don't know, they don't understand what nature is really like. Right. Right. So if you know, you're that disconnected from it, you're not going to understand if it. Too many people watching Bambi. Too many people watching Baloo. Too many mm. people with that uh, that concept of what you know. And I hate to blame Walt Disney, but son of a gun. Well, yeah. Disney, man, they kill us. Pixar, oh, my God, they're slaying us. But, you know, it, it's that whole, uh, there's a, a, a term for it, you know what I mean, when you perceive an animal as a with human characteristics, and it's escaping me yeah, right now. It's not infantized? No. That's not it. Um, boy, Humanized? It'll come, it'll come, it'll come to, yeah, that's on the, on the same line, yeah. but there's a real fancy term for it, and uh, Steve Ranella is kind of famous for bringing it to uh, the forefront. But nonetheless, um, you have a lot of people who immediately think that animals live like we do, yeah. and it's just not the case. So for, when we go out and we harvest an animal and we look at it as such a huge positive, not only did we take an older animal out of the equation that is past its prime you yep. know what i mean we take that animal and we use it for suitable whatever food you use the hide you use whatever a lot of people use a lot of the animal some people use minimal aspects of it but you know the whole fact of the matter is we're we're taking the animal out of the equation and we're benefiting from that some gain as opposed to it just rotting in the woods somewhere and going to nothing and we're sharing that yeah and and you I don't want to recycle things that I've heard, but um, the girl that killed the uh, the giraffe, Kendall Jones, was that her? Uh, no, she was. A, I know she, she was, was the lion. lion. Oh, she was a lion girl, right? Right. She was right. a lion girl. Somebody recently killed a okay a giraffe, a giraffe, right? And it was the oldest bull giraffe of I don't I don't even know what a pack of giraffes is even called. Right. 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 Uh, but it's a, a rare species of giraffes, and essentially this old giraffe was killing young bull giraffes. Mm -hmm. So people were are, were up in arms over the picture, obviously, for reasons that they didn't understand. They just saw, oh, my God, this woman killed a giraffe. They didn't understand why she did it. Yes, she took a picture because she was proud of killing a giraffe, right, which right. is a rare accomplishment in itself. And maybe maybe accomplishment isn't the right word, but they don't understand why she was able to kill that giraffe because it was better for the entire species of that giraffe. Right, right, 100%. You know, people just don't understand that. And it's, I don't know, it, and it's, you know... You, this is, that's when you start getting into how the media portrays things, and and that's it. There messy, was another, slippery slope. another similar act thing with a, a, a rhino that was over in Africa that yeah. was killing a bunch of yeah. younger rhinos, and the gentleman paid two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, I think, for the the tag. Um, he was actually a friend of Jim Shockey's. He did a show with him. What was that show? Jim Shockey did Uncharted. It was, was the he first season. Uncharted? He was on the first season of Uncharted. Okay. Corey, oh my goodness, it's going to escape me. But nonetheless, really solid dude. But they, he, he put in a low bid of, I think it was $250,000. He thought it was going to go for like $1.5 to kill this rhino. It was to go over and hunt this rhino. The rhino was killing all these immature rhinos. He was just, he had already killed two or three rhinos. And he had to be taken out. 
So they auctioned off through Dallas Safari Club, they auctioned off this tag to go hunt this rhino. And even though he was doing, I mean, it would have cost them money to send somebody out to kill this rhino because it had to be killed. Yeah. It was it starting, it was killing off rhinos that were of breeding age. It was become a nuisance. So they had to get rid of it. So he paid all this money to go out and kill this rhino. Turned into where he had to hire personal security for his family because word got out that it was him. Corey Knowlton. That's okay. his name. Uh, it took me a minute to come up with it. But, uh, you know, he was just... You know, he he low bid it at two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, he's pretty well off individual in the outdoor community, and I would uh, imagine, yeah, yeah, to put a low bid at two hundred fifty thousand. And I I might be <laughs> off on the numbers, but it was in that ballpark. And it, to to that all that money went to conservation. It went to uh, anti poaching. It went to uh, studying the species. It went to breeding programs it went to all these different things yeah, minus the fact that it actually benefited the species itself in right the, in the act exactly but the fact that he spent all this money to kill a, a, an endangered rhino that was danger endangering other you know mm-hmm. uh, you know rhinos of its same species it was just like he just took such a heat you know what yeah. i mean where people were threatening him and his family and it's like he did such an extraordinary thing for that species Yep. And he, it's just the people don't get it. You know, yeah. a lot of people don't understand that. So it's one of those things where, you know, what we do is ultimately way more beneficial for the species that we choose to pursue than sitting back and complaining about what we do for that particular species because that brings no money into the equation. It brings no research to the equation. It brings none of that. So, you know. To bring that to the table when you're approaching somebody about maybe entering the hunting realm, um, I think that's extremely beneficial to kind of bypass the whole, let's go get a big buck to here's what you're going to gain from it. This is the field, the table aspect. This is the conservation aspect. People can feel good about what they're, they're getting into. Yeah. And I hate the fact that we have to like, like toot our own horn about it, but I mean, there's a lot of nobility. No one else is going to do it, my man. That's true it's one of those things it's like going into an interview and like oh tell me about your strengths right right i, I don't want to well in tooting our own horn <laughs> we're tooting the it. horns of our fellow hunters That's we're true. tooting the horns of yeah. our fellow conservationists we're tooting the horns of those who feel strongly about pursuing this as a lifestyle and, and sharing this with others who may even remotely be interested in it you know what i mean yeah. so so all you uh ohio residents don't Get mad at me when I come on public <laughs> land and kill your deer because I'm doing this for you. Correct. It's That's not, it. It's, it's totally all about selfless. you guys, you know. It's not for right. me. <laughs> it has nothing to do with putting that, that uh, roast in the smoker yeah. or putting those tenderloins on the grill. No. Nothing to do with that. Mm-mm. Listen, we're all about the conservation aspect. Yeah, you know, we're silly. very selfless. I think that's enough <laughs> from us tonight. <laughs> We're, we're, this, is, this is probably uh, our longest podcast because our second half here is just uh, ten minutes under an hour. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We yeah we went on a little bit, and you know, but I, forgive I mean, us if uh, we rambled a bit. But you know, it's obvious that Mark and I feel are very passionate about yeah. about this aspect of it. Yeah, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed this this second half of this podcast. This discussion mm-hmm. was, I, for me, spot on. I just I just thought it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was here, good. Here I go good. again. 
Yeah, I know, right? Well, get <laughs> used to it. Strap in, ladies and gents. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're going to finish this up. Uh, yeah. Thanks again for uh, for tuning in, especially in the first half of the Absolutely, podcast. Absolutely, yeah. We love that, you guys, man. That instant feedback is is so positive I sure mean, it just sure. fuels the fire and we absolutely love it uh i will go ahead and ask for one more thing if you're listening on itunes or soundcloud give us a rating subscribe do all that social media nonsense and Indeed. Uh, we will you know not find the time to appreciate it <laughs> it's yeah we will appreciate it is what absolutely, I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Yeah, it, yeah. it's uh it's been going really well and we we truly appreciate everyone for tuning in, giving us feedback, all all the views and shares and it's it's been surreal, honestly. Absolutely. Yeah, it's blown up uh, beyond our expectations and we can't thank you guys enough for that. So, yeah. So, thanks again. Uh the next podcast you will see the third installment of two. Yeah, buddy. We Can't will, wait for that. Yeah, we will talk about uh, my my emotional uh, dealings with, with that, like we touched on earlier. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to give any more away. That's what but, happens, man. That's what happens. Yeah. So, once again, thank you, and we will catch you on the next episode. Good.